What up, y'all? My name is Kel. My name is Anna. And you're tuning into Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. CCC is a podcast with a twist. Cognac, cupcakes, and stimulating conversations. Because it's not just about us anymore. And we're striving to promote awareness of issues affecting our communities. In short, it's a vibe. Yeah, vibes vibes all through, yes. So as you guys heard in the song, we are talking about the Black birthing experience. And I'm so, so excited to share all the things that we're gonna talk about with that a little later on the show. But to give you some background knowledge on why we chose this song, Yayo means in Swahili, mama. So um, we just wanted to, you know, pay homage to all of our mamas out there that are going through the struggles of being a mom and the struggles of giving birth, but still having that joy in the end. In the meantime. So while we were looking up songs for the podcast, I had, um, I could not think of a song about birthing or whatever, because this is definitely episode, not just about moms, but about the joy of birthing. And um, I couldn't think of a song. And then I saw, you know, there's a lot of playlists for like births or whatever, which was really cool. I was like, oh yeah, that would make sense. And I saw a woman's work and I looked up the story behind, cause I used to see the music video and I was like, what is happening in this video? Like, I don't know what is someone giving birth? Did someone die? Like. What happened? So I look. I found out the backstory to the because many people may not know that that's actually not Maxwell's song originally. It's um someone else. Okay. Uh, I need to uh, let me see if I got it over here. I'm Rick. Um, the woman that sang um the woman's work before her name is Kate Bush, and um it was about. It was about a woman giving birth to, but it also was about like the music video that she made was more so about a woman um, dying. And it's from the man's perspective of him uh, just kind of remembering their relationship and her suddenly dying. And so the woman's work um, music video by Maxwell was about a woman actually giving birth, but dying during birth. So 
That was really deep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that's why I was thinking of it, but but at the same time, the fact that she she kind of dies at the end of the song, I was like, well, this is all about joy, so I'm actually not going to do that, but, um, you know, the parts where he's like, I know you got a little life in you yet, I know you got a little strength yet, that part was like, oh, yeah, that is like, you have a little life in you and you still have the strength to to push and even the beginning where he's like pray god you can cope i'll stand outside he's talking about like being in the waiting room while she's pushing and giving birth never knew like i, I guess i always when i hear that song i hate that song one but <laughs> um i always equate it to love and basketball <laughs> when she lost her virginity to um q but yeah, no, I never would have got a birthing story from that. That is so interesting. Right. <laughs> Yo, me and my friends from high school used to make so much. I mean, from uh, middle school in New Orleans. Shout out to Epiphany and Drew. We used to make fun of that song so, and Ashley. We used to make fun of that song so bad. <laughs> I was just like, what is that noise? Uh. <laughs> But anywho, girl, yes, to get started on the show, um, as we said, we are going to be talking about the joy and um, of motherhood, because so often whenever you Google anything about the Black birthing experience, all you hear is negative traumas. So we wanted to, you know, change the narrative, change the perspective in our joyful July season. We want to, you know, highlight and bring awareness to the joy of the Black birthing experience. So by doing that, we got to sit down with some beautiful, amazing women who have had so many different backgrounds of stories of where, of where and how they had their birthing experience from, you know, un unexpected births to, you know, having birth through the COVID. Um, also down to just like, just the different experiences of being a mom. And we also got to sit down with a great expert, Azula, to learn about the other different methods of having you know a baby <laughs> so yes yeah, so in the meantime in between time what you over there sipping on girl i am over here sipping on water because Thank you, boo. Cheers. <laughs> in honor of the moms or <laughs> shout out to all the moms you'll hear their names later um but you know basically uh, they'll introduce themselves later but Shout out to Carla, Taiko, and Gemma. And shout out to Shinari, the doula. Um, they're all very near and dear to our hearts. And, you know, it's just like Kel said, a collection of stories that we think you guys are really going to dig. Um, I am saving my breath or my drinking for tomorrow when we test out this drink that we got from Cocktails by Pop called Got Okay. okay. <laughs> That's when I'm gonna be sipping and tipping. So exactly. I'll make sure while y'all listen to this um, that you tune into our IG live later today. Yeah, because by the time you listen to this, yeah, we're gonna do it on Thirsty Thursday. So make sure that you look out on our Instagram page for when we'll be doing that. So yeah, yeah but I think in regards to all of that, you know, I'm trying to save all my cupcakes. You know, my belly looking like a cupcake right now, and so I'm just. <laughs> I'm just trying to purge the pudge, as our homegirl B would say. That's right, um, right. 
challenge was I did not jump rope today. Our challenge this did week I? is to do um, 2,000 jump ropes. Um, that means every time that joint slaps on the ground, that's a that's a rep. So <laughs> um, I did not jump rope today. I was too busy trying to edit these videos and ready to pull out my hair. So <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to whatever confectioners, because we got a packed weekend this weekend. Girl, y'all. Surprise, and, and I am excited about it. Um, and did you know, Kel, two more things. Thursday is um, National Friendship Day. And aren't we aligned? Aren't we aligned? Thursday is National Friendship Day. And Saturday, thank you to my handy dandy uh, planner that tells me these things. Saturday is, guess what? National Girlfriends Day. Girlfriends, are you going to talk about that announcement a little later in your gossip? Yeah, I am. Yes. So it's just like the whole weekend is, you know, lining up to be great. So I think it's it's destined to be, uh, you know, Maktoub. Maktoub. Yes, Maktoub, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> For our Alchemist fans out there. <laughs> Motivational moment for the week. Indeed. So, so this week's motivational moment is joy is a choice based on being content regardless of circumstances. Understanding what encourages joy in your life can help you cultivate it and build up your resources for when circumstances are difficult. By M. Ours. <laughs> and that, that really don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's A H L E R S. So you can Google, Google them. You try. You try. Google them. <laughs> You know it's on our IG page anyway. We post right, our right. every Monday, so you can see it there. All right, so it's time to get into sipping some of this hot tea that we missed yes, last week. Girl. Hope y'all enjoyed taking a little breather, taking a little break, you know, um, last week. But yeah, we're about to dive right on in. I'm about to dive. It's balance. Ratchetness and righteousness is the yin and the yang of life. You got to be equally yoked with both. Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot going on this week. Speaking of breaks, another podcast um, that I am a huge fan of um, is on a break right now. Don't know why, but I just wanted to bring it up because of talking about joy or whatever. Um, the Read has taken a second week to be on a break. So they was on a break last week. And then they said on their Twitter account that they would continue to be on a break. And so, um, you know, a lot of people were concerned. They were like, y'all be blessed or whatever. So a lot of people weren't necessarily concerned from the standpoint of them having a beef or whatever. It was more so like, where's my episode? And so Jade from um, the Getting Grown podcast was like, the nerve, <laughs> whatever, like, and talking about how, you know, everybody wants to talk about um, mental wellness and, you know, have given people space to breathe and, and reclaim their joy. But as soon as, you know, people want to take a small break and have a vacation, you look at them as like, you know, machines, like they need to give you your weekly dose of what you like to listen to. Hey, listen, I was sad too. I was like, damn, they said, fuck y'all. And I really wanted to hear their POV on, you know, 
all the people that y'all like to hear us talk about all the news we like to that you like to hear our point of views i like to hear their point of views on that stuff too like of course um megan and stallion and stuff but they need their break and you know what kudos to them it's been a whole covid and they have yet to take one break since the beginning of covid so i just wanted to yeah i just wanted to share like you know podcasters are humans too yeah sometimes they, they just because they're at home recording on a microphone doesn't mean like you don't want that that extra hour and back to yourself sometimes so Mm. Hope y'all enjoyed y'all little meditation break last week because there might be another one soon come. Anyway, oh, and and you know it's funny because even if it wasn't for y'all, it was for us. We needed it. Yes, yes. We don't have to activate more of those. But anyway, you know, and that's how you get good content when you let people breathe and, and like refocus. You know. So anyway, continuing with the good news. Um, yeah, let's just dive straight into what Kel is excited about. So it looks like Netflix is releasing classic shows onto the U.S. Netflix, um, I guess, what would you call it, accounts or whatever. Um, and we got a dope-ass lineup. We got all your faves. We got Moesha. We got The Game. We got Sister, Sister. We got Girlfriends, The Parkers, Half and Half, and One on One. Talk about our childhood. It is fucking lit, bitch. Yes, girl. When um when we all get locked down again in the winter time, <laughs> we gonna, gonna be nice and lined up with what we need to watch. So the release dates for each are Moesha's coming out August first. Uh, the game season one through three is August fifteenth, which are actually the best seasons, to be honest. Uh, Sister, Sister, step, um, September 1st. Girlfriend, September 11th. Uh, the Parkers, October 1st. Half and Half, which is slept on often, but it's such a good show. Half and Half, October 15th. And One on One, October 15th. And I really like the little promo video that they had going around with, you know, Tia Mori. They even had um, Arnez, whatever his name is or whatever, whatever his real name is. They had him. They had Flex Washington. They had they had um, Shorty from. Uh, I wanted to say Cruel Intentions. What is the um, movie with the witches again? Craft. The craft. Yeah, the craft. The from from the, half. Half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They had all of them on there. I was like, oh, this is really nice. They even had the mom from Moesha. So this is really going to be nice to see. And who knows if we'll see some even Brittany. Her, her real name is Brittany, but what is the um, white girl's name from the game? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember her. Uh, yeah, her, I think her real name is Brittany Daniels or whatever, but I, I cannot remember her. Y'all know who we talking about. From Sea Valley High, y'all. You remember she got the twin. Oh, so that is them. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I saw that, like, on Stars or whatever. They had Sweet Valley High, you know, because me and Dennis been downloading. Oh, wait, it's on Stars? I think it is. It's either it's on one of our little cable networks, um, Sweet Valley High. Yeah, and I saw their picture, and I was like, "Oh shit!" When I saw me and Kel be sharing, uh, you know, sharing it with Karen. So she, <laughs> got, you know, the passcodes and stuff to my stars, my HBO, uh, Showtime. But yeah, it's on one of those, I think, or it might even be Netflix. I don't know, but either way, no, nah, it ain't Netflix. I would 
yeah. I know I just saw Sweet Valley High somewhere. And I saw the pictures of the, and I was like, oh, wait, that looks like, what's her name from the game? And I knew that she had a twin. So that's dope. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So uh, moving on. Don't mind the dings. I just got a new laptop. Kel got a new laptop too. She over there. Yeah. Right? We, all, we maxed out. out. Yes. Okay. So what the fuck is going on in Portland? So apparently in Portland, they're out there. It was like some hands made tail vibes going on out there. So um, the there's a lot of protesting. <laughs> what do you say? Clutching the pearls, girl. Clutching the pearls. Yeah, clutching the pearls. So they're out there protesting. And um, basically all their rights are being um, violated because uh, Trump allowed for the troops, not the troops, but um, National Guard to come in and basically take over the whole town because of them violating some of the statutes and stuff. We know that he was trying to do that beforehand or whatever. Um, and I, I just, <sighs> we're seeing it more and more everywhere. You know, the protests haven't stopped. Um, since they began. I saw someone say earlier today that um, it's been two months straight of protesting going on in New York, nonstop, like meaning every single day there's been a protest in New York. Breonna Taylor's, um, you know, assailants have not been captured, have not been arrested, have, nothing has happened to them in a nutshell. Um, they have not been charged, excuse me. Um, and I, I don't know, it's kind of hard to have hope sometimes when you see some of this going on and just some of the extremes that people are, that um, Trump is allowing his staff to go to or allowing National Guards or encouraging rather, I shouldn't say allowing, encouraging to go, them to go to. Uh, meanwhile, there's people running around in Walmarts with swastikas on their masks, you know, um, that we're in a socialist country it's just it's a lot I'm just gonna leave it at that because stormtroopers and unmarked cars and stuff I don't know um I'm gonna just leave it at that I just wanted to acknowledge that I do see the chaos going on but honestly sometimes my eyes be glazed over I, I you know I pay attention and I, I read it and you know just to be informed but like you just want to get back to the bubble. You just get, you yeah, got to go back to your bubble because at some point it's just ignorance and um, you can't entertain ignorance. Like I always say, you can't make sense out of stupid. And it's no sense of, you know, wasting your brain cells trying to understand their logic because it, it won't, no matter how you equate it, divide it, multiply it, you know, subtract it, square it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. And the only reason why that's still an issue, though, is because we have people like that and we have to vote. You know, a lot of the country is like this. And, and yeah, Biden isn't the best candidate himself, but I'm not about, like, honestly, y'all said that about Hillary. Hillary was better than both of them. 
I know. I thought I was the only one that felt that way. I was like, yo, like. I mean, you probably are one of the, we're, we're probably one of the only ones because, you know, some people would still like fight for the fact that it's like, oh, Bernie, we should have voted for Bernie and stuff like that. But I'm just talking about as far as having the lesser of the two evils, people really chose Trump. Y'all really chose Trump over Hillary because of some emails. But I, you know what? We're going to return to the bubble. We're going to return to the bubble real quick. Because <laughs> I just, huh, okay. Um, speaking of a bubble, or speaking of ignorance, actually. So did you see the videos of Just Hilarious um, doing a reenactment of what happened between, or what allegedly happened between Tory and Meg Thee Stallion? No, what happened? So, so basically in her video, it's kind of like Unsolved Mysteries. She's doing like a reenactment and she's in the car and she was like, now, if this is what happened with Megan, um, you know, this is probably what it would sound like. And then she was like doing voices like Megan Thee Stallion's voice of being shot in the foot. And then she did the same thing with Tory Lanez, like probably accidentally shooting her in the foot. Wow, corny. It wasn't even funny. She and was, it's, was it on Instagram? Doing this, yeah. She's doing this on the heels of, I'll just let you hear it, instead of me not doing it. You've been shot before. You don't know her pain, okay? And I imagined that the sound that was produced when she felt the hot metal was of this. Ah, hey, ah, ooh. Tori, if he did this on purpose, which we are justifying that he did not, it would have looked like this. Let me, let me get that mom. Let me get that So It doesn't happen like that. That's not the way it would go. Who does that? So it wouldn't have mattered. Wherever Tori was aiming, he wouldn't have hit the target because that's how poorly he is with aim. So at this point, our investigation is still open. Until then, keep scrolling. You know, the problem with that not even just that just in general is that we're so desensitized to you know hurtful things that we don't see how everything isn't a joke and everything isn't funny you know what I mean and I don't know if that could be fixed I'm not sure if that could be fixed because we're literally turning trauma into laughter and it's not, and I understand that we had to do that in the past, you know, to get over the things that we've had to get over. We've made jokes and we've turned negatives into positives. That's just like a part of the black culture, but certain things just isn't, it's not for that. And, um, you know, prayers up that she has a speedy recovery. It seems like she's recovering pretty well based off what we're seeing on Instagram. And I hope, you know, she gets some sort of justice and some sort of peace and that she's more careful with, you know, protecting that energy around her. Right, right. Like she said, exactly. Um, you know, I listened to the Joe Budden podcast today. And for the record, I agree wholeheartedly with everything that you said, especially the part about like the desensitization that um, the world has right now. Um, it's crazy. It's like just this is a new norm for us. What's going to be next is that we're not going to mind seeing a head being blown off 
and gut spilling out. Like that's not gonna affect us. That's I mean, not gonna affect us. Look at the murder porn that we're seeing on Instagram. Like we saw George Floyd die. We saw little kids die. You know what I'm saying? Like not little kids in the sense of like babies. Cause I, I some babies. Some babies. <laughs> you know, but police putting guns to, to children, but this is right. nothing new because they did it in the past. And even the murder porn, that's nothing new too, because that's all linked to back when they did the lynchings and exactly. they would do postcards out of the lynchings and stuff. And you know, that's a whole other conversation. But in a nutshell, um, you know, it's sad. But Joe Budden was saying how, you know he does he he felt for her and he said we're praying for you blah blah, blah and we love you da, da, da. but as the conversation continued he said that he felt as though a lot of celebrities nowadays young celebrities that are new in the game they don't um grapple with the idea or the concept that if you want to become a star or whatever you are subject to this ridicule you are subject to your business being out there you are subject to um not necessarily harm but just um experiencing things like this so nothing's off off um off bounds or whatever nothing's off um you know what the word i'm trying to say you know so I don't know. And then he also had some theories around, like, a lot of people are still wondering what happened. We still don't know what happened. We still don't know why nothing's being said. I mean, I safely assume that it's because it's a court case that's under, you know, underway right now. But they brought up some key points like Tory Lanez being able to get off on bail. Um, Tory Lanez not being deported as of yet, uh, like just a few things where they didn't um, up his charges, um, but they have videotape of what happened. So how, like what really happened? And then Joe even said something about when um, he broke his foot once or whatever, and the doctors told him that his your foot holds a large percentage of bone in your body. And for her to say that bullets went through her feet and that she one she was walking and two that none of the bones were broken um he found that very strange as well too so some some of the other guys was like well maybe it was just that the guns grazed her or the guns ricocheted here i think that's a dangerous place to dance in even though you said you know god bless her and all that stuff like regardless i would hope that I could believe what Megan said. You know, I believe her. I don't think she has a reason to lie. She comes off as a genuine person, but at the same time, I don't know that child, you know? So God bless. So Kim Kardashian um, went to go gather um, Kanye in Wyoming, whatever happened between them. She did return home uh, without him in Los Angeles. She went back home to Los Angeles and he's still in Wyoming. But um, it's been interesting all the conversations around mental health. And, you know, we have a homegirl, Brittany, that we've been, um, you know, reposting some of her commentary. And we'll make sure we post it on CCC as well. But just her sharing her story as someone who is diagnosed as bipolar as well. And, you know, we have that, not luxury, but that, I guess, benefit um to have that insight from her perspective but um 
you know, did you listen to the Demetria Lucas podcast yesterday, Kel? Mm-hmm. Yes, and she had that woman on the podcast, and I'll find her name really quick, but um, basically she was sharing how how to handle these things and how a lot of us tend to be like, oh, hold him accountable, oh, this, oh, that. Um, oh, her name is Bassie Ikpi, and I, I probably butchered her name. I'm so sorry if I did. Bassi, I think it's Bassi Ikpi. And... Um, you know, she was like, these people are never going to hear you. You know, Kim is never going to hear you. Um, you know, Kanye is never going to hear you. But we, we again, it's that whole thing of offering grace when it's beneficial. You know, when it's uh, self-care, you know, take a break, blah, blah, blah. And even that, they barely want to let you do that without coming up with rumors or, or saying that you're lazy and you're rich and all that different stuff. But I really enjoyed how Bossy gave a lot of insight into the psyche of someone who has um, bipolar disorder and how, I don't know if y'all remember his last album uh, before the gospel album. And it was titled, was wasn't it titled, um, I Hate Being Bipolar, It's Awesome? Oh, yeah, yeah, Something yeah, you're like right, that. you're right, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and she has a book, Bassi, has a book where she's like, I'm lying, but I'm telling the truth. And when I heard that title, I was like, oh, wow, you know, like, I kind of get it now because it's like, you really believe what you're saying. You really believe what you're saying. And then the mood disorders that I've heard about being bipolar, where you could feel strongly about something, but you're, you're, the way you emulate it or whatever, the way you uh, push it out into the world could be different. So he could start crying, but he's not really that depressed. But it's just his disorder of his mood in general. Um, you know, and she did acknowledge that Kanye wasn't is an asshole. He's been an asshole forever, but like there's things in his life that have drawn him to brought him to this point. You know, so I think two things can be this true at the same time. There's a lot of people I've been hearing from the religious perspective of saying that he got demons and all that stuff. What do you think from that perspective, Kel, as far as the religious perspective of things? Kanye is a very, he's a tormented genius. And, you know, it's hard for me to say because, uh, on one hand, I, I get it. I, like when you when you made the comparison of the fact of you're believing the truths of what you're seeing, you're seeing the illusions. I don't know, like I don't know where to read it though. Like I, because we do that in ourselves now. Like we're not me and you aren't suffering from bipolar issues, but we can do that in our everyday life. And I think sometimes you don't you you pick people as being this crazy person, but you can see a lot of similarities that you do on a daily basis that you might not notice is very similar to the manic side. So um, I think we have to be a little bit more compassionate, like you said. Um, I think that we are quick to try to help. I wonder, it's like, is it helpful? Diagnose or... Yeah, it's, a lot of people try to diagnose, but not even so much that, but like sometimes when they're in those states, I wonder if they need to just have that moment to express it, to say it out loud, just to feel like this is how- No they, filter. Yes, this is how they get it out. 
without necessarily trying to treat the problem. You know, like, oh, he needs medicine. He's off his meds. Oh, we need to take him to the doctor, blah, blah, blah. Maybe it, maybe we should try, I don't know if that's considered a holistic route of just like letting them get those emotions and get those feelings out, like express it outward and just be and be okay with it. But I mean, we're not open-minded enough of that. So I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, I think what it takes is education. Education, the same way with all the different stigmas, like, and, and to your point, we're not there. I don't think we're there with anything really there's nothing that's really there's not much out there i'll say and maybe not nothing but there's not much out there that's pretty like standard across the board where people all agree on it uh that goes for sexism racism and um not sexism but um religion all know, that just, everything disagreements against the LGBTQIA community, um, all of that, it's like we're becoming more and more accepting somewhat, but then there's still so much further that we have to go. And I think mental health is on that same playing field. Yeah, I think it's very fluid. It's a, a spectrum that can go up and down and what is really crazy, you know? And even that just, and and then I know we got to keep it moving because um, we got a great set of interviews coming up at the end. But, um, you know, even the word crazy, I think of that word differently now. Not that I won't, I won't say it or whatever, but like, I don't think it's like a faux pas necessarily, but I understand the word differently now because um, just the certain people, just even spectrums as far as learning disabilities, um, you know how people used to say the word retarded and stuff like that. And now that's something that you wouldn't call somebody. But um, because we have all these different names because of all the different tiers of what people um, experience or what people are diagnosed with. And I think it's the same thing for crazy. You call these people crazy, but there's there's schizophrenia, there's multiple personality disorder, there's... um, you know, different forms of depression. There's mania from, you know, manic depressiveness. And so um, bipolar or whatever. Um, You see these things in movies and you don't think this could be someone I know. And I think that's the deal with Kanye West. Like people don't want to necessarily accept the fact that this is someone that we somewhat know that actually is going through something severe like bipolar depression we don't humanize celebrities we we paint them to be these superheroes that they they aren't they believe just like we believe they you know they're human they're human beings and i think we need to to look at them as that and feel compassion for them i guess that's that's the best way i could say it's just be compassionate Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah well to round out today's tea if i missed anything oh well um but shout out to all the ladies that got emmy nominations um you know insecure got like what eight not emmy nominations um our home girl our home girl well she is from the hometown she is from laurel whatever um not hometown because we waldorfians but you know uh, <laughs> um i want to call 
her Molly, but Yvonne Orgy, yes, Yvonne Orgy was nominated. Zendaya for what's the other? What's the show that Euphoria. we like to watch? I was just watching it again. Euphoria. <laughs> yep. Yes, girl. I'm like, did y'all have any episodes in the in the tank? Like, can you please, please? <laughs> Um, you know, so many different, you know, of course, um, Tracy Ellis Ross was nominated again. It's just a lot of black representation in the Emmys this year. The cynical side of me was definitely like, oh, so is this the black year like they do with the Oscars? Like they, they give us a year and then they, you know, just disregard us and discard us, um, you know, for years to come. But either way, regardless of my cynicism, um, I'm happy for them. It's well-deserved. I do wonder sometimes why Black films um, and Black TV shows don't get as many nominations, don't get as many episodes in their pilot seasons or whatever. Um, You know, you always see where a new Black show has eight episodes, maybe 13, you know, sometimes even less than that. But you'll see, you know, they'd be struggling to get to like 13 episodes or 10. You know, we be lit. Like, we was lit when Insecure had 10 episodes. Meanwhile, there'll be a dumb show about nothing that has 26 episodes for a season. Like, nothing. Nothing. And I seen it. I seen so many. I seen this list the other day of so many shows that got canceled. And I'm sure some of that has to do with COVID. But um, the shows that got canceled as opposed to the shows that got renewed and a majority of them were shows I had never heard of that were renewed. And a lot of the same kind of concepts. And of course, a lot of the same skin tone. But that's why I say that conversation. Representation matters. Yes, representation matters. Shout out to Billy Porter. Speaking of representation matters, he's nominated for Pose. We love to see it. And we hope to see more transgender women also as well getting nominated because um, what's her name that plays Bianca? Acts the fuck out of that role. Uh, our, our girl Angelica Ross, I think is her name, who played um, Candy. Candy. Yes, Candy. Oh, she acted her ass off for that role. You know, so I really want to see more of them as well getting um, nominated in the future because they going off. And you see in The Shy, we got some transgender roles too in The Shy. So salute to all of them. Shout out to The Shy. Kel, have you watched P-Valley before we move on? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, you know what? In the essence of this show, we will save P-Valley for next um, our next episode. But um, yeah, definitely me and Kel right now are watching The Shy. Uh, P-Valley, I May Destroy You, and um, I did watch, <laughs> I did watch an old show, but I watched uh, Married at First Sight. I hate that bald head guy and the redhead. Yeah, I <laughs> Me and Dennis was so annoyed. We I were know. so annoyed. <laughs> like, and then they it stayed together. Yes. You know what? Wow. What type of dysfunction I called that. I called that in the beginning, though, when they first had their little arguments, and then they would bounce back like that. I didn't. I I believe they were going to stay together. I was like, the way that they're able to bounce back, and everybody's looking at them like they're crazy. They're one of those couples like you cannot tell people what y'all be going through because if they if they hear it, they're going to tell y'all to break up. 
or they're going to be disgusted with y'all like we are watching y'all. So, <laughs> but the way they're able to bounce back, there, there's something to that. And, and I really was like go, going for that. I was like, you know what? Hey, they're adjusting to each other. But that guy was an asshole. At Did first, I thought it was her. Huh? Did you Caucasian know? sex? What? <laughs> no, I said, did you? But no, that part took me out. <laughs> out. But no, um, I said, did you finish it? Because I don't want to give no spoiler. No, I did. I did. What's her name? The Virgin. She started to blow me too. She because she would I be... thought they was going to still work it out. I know. But I got where he was coming from because she was doing too much. Like, I felt for her. Because I remember being in a and I was much younger than her, of course, but I remember being, I, I can share this. I was 19 when I lost mine. And I remember being in college and, you know, being around a lot of my friends that were already having sex and stuff like that. And um, just experiencing that and just different things like you never have I ever, what are you going to really share? <laughs> you know, like, and that's not why I lost my virginity, but um, you know, I did it because I wanted to, but uh, being someone that's 27 and then being with someone that you think is fine as hell, you're, you're, you're married to them. I understood why she wasn't going to have sex right away because she's held on to this for so long. It's kind of hard to be comfortable, one, with someone that you don't even know and lose your virginity to them. That's a very vulnerable thing. And then on top of that, um, you know, just be mature enough for it. Now, where I feel like she slacked off was when she kept, she, would, she wouldn't let loose. Like, she would just be like, oh, like when they played the dice game or whatever. And one thing was like, touch boobs. And she was like, ah, no, whatever. And I don't know if it was because the cameras were there and stuff, but I, that's when I really started to feel around. I was like, all right, he do you know, and he was like, you got to let it go. Like, you got to relax. And she was like, if you're going to invest in this process, invest fully in the process of the fact that this is about to be your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she was doing too much. And yeah. I, and I, I wish he would have, like they said on the reunion episode, I wish that he would have said that to her. Like, you are coming off very immature. But instead, he would make it about like, oh, I feel like the virginity is a is a barrier and stuff like that. And then she also thought too much of herself. You know, she she in the sense that let me not say she thought too much of herself. I feel like her saying, you know, this is a prize that I'm giving to you. What you have to acknowledge, regardless of the religious aspect of this, and I think even her mom was on this tip. Yeah, her mom was like, girl. You better jump off that diving board. Right. <laughs> jump on it. Yeah, and I was that was I was like, yes, yeah, she got to get over herself. But like you you have to acknowledge that this is not um this it's not like the olden days. One, two, you're 27. It's not like y'all are 21 getting married. You're 27 going on, you know, you're pushing 30 getting married. So a man is going to expect to have a woman that has a certain level of sexual you know experiences or whatever and then on top of that for you to just be so coy and not really want to 
you know, you talking about when you were telling the story about the quarter, her swallowing the quarter. (laughs) (laughs) He asked her to share, and sorry, this is truly spoiler alert, but he asked her that way way down the line. But (laughs) he asked her to share a, a secret that she hasn't shared with anybody else. And when she told that story about her sitting on the bus and swallowing a quarter, yo, I was like, he's done. He's he's not doing this with her. He's I, I not felt him. I felt him. But I did, I did feel bad for her when they were asking, when they were reading the little list of questions like, "Do you, what's your favorite sexual position? And she didn't really have, you know, any answers and stuff like that. Now, she did say in the beginning that she's done other stuff. She did say that, but she just, yeah, like, I felt bad for her when she started crying, but it's like, girl, you know what you signed up for. You signed up to marry someone that you don't know, and you can't, you gotta let, you gotta really, like, work twice as hard to let those guards down, and that includes your virginity guard. Not necessarily have sex in the eight weeks, but still, damn, girl. Something shit. <laughs> y'all married now. All of you been saving that for all this time. Like y'all legally married now. So what is this about? You know, you you keep anyway. I could go on forever and ever. I'm done with today's gossip. I know that was a long um thing, but we we didn't have an episode last week, so you know we had to cover our bases. Um, but now we are going to get into two interviews really quick two sets of interviews first we're going to start off with shanari who is a doula and she'll tell you about how she came to that point in her um journey of discovering what she was destined to do i really liked her story i could relate to it and then we'll have we'll tag in our mamas and get them in to tell their birthing stories. So first up, let's hit it off with Shinari's interview. All right. Welcome, Shinari, to Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations. We are so excited to have you here to share with the world about the Black birthing experience. You know, we hear so many horror stories about, you know, Black birth and just their experience with that. We want to bring the joy back to that. And what better to hear the joy of it through than through a professional like you. So with that being said, can you share with everybody what your story is and how you became a doula? Sure, sure, sure. So um, I am a registered nurse. Um, that is what I went to school for. I actually still practice um, today. Um, however, I really enjoyed labor and delivery. It was one of my um, Uh, one of my passions when I was um, in nursing school and I just thought, hey, when I get out of school, I'm going to be a nurse on a labor and delivery unit. It didn't necessarily work out that way. Some other things occurred and I kind of steered on the path of community health. So technically I'm a community health nurse, Um, but I still wanted to get my feet wet in that area. So I went on about a seven to 14 day fast. I can't remember because a couple years ago. Um, and I was laying in my bedroom floor after I completed my fast and I just was open and thinking like, okay, I need you to send me something cause I've, I've been hungry <laughs> and, um, 
doula just came to me. And so I had to do some research on that term. Um, I had to figure out what the difference between a doula and a midwife was and what track I wanted to follow. Um, and so I went ahead and decided to go the doula track and I took um, some training and then I just started volunteering and that's how I started um, becoming a doula. Can you share what the difference between a doula and a midwife is for us? Clarify that for us because I don't want to be using the wrong terms, you know, when my turn comes around. Right. So um, they are used interchangeably. And I think that's more so because of how it originated years ago. Um, but a doula is a support person. Um, their training compared to a midwife is from here and a midwife would be at the top level. Um, for a midwifery, there's several different tracks you can take. Um, usually you need a degree, a four-year degree, and then you'd go back um, to go through the midwifery track. So you could be a registered nurse and then you would go back for two years, you'll be a nurse practitioner and you would get your midwifery degree. Um, there's other channels that you can take um, depending on where you are educationally, but pretty much a midwife or a doctor is gonna be the one that actually delivers your baby, okay? Um, so they're kind of like on the same level as a doctor. Whereas a doula, you're just there for the emotional support. You're not there for any clinical duties. Why do Black women have a mortality rate of 40 deaths compared to their white counterparts? So two reasons would be education and access to health care. Um, so if you're not educated on what you have access to or what your body is supposed to be doing in healthcare, well, in healthcare, in labor, um, you're not going to know what questions to ask your doctor. Um, you're not going to question certain things because you're trusting that they know, and sometimes they don't have your best interest at heart. Um, I listened to this podcast. I don't know the name off the top of my head, but they had shared a story of a mom who delivered um, during this um, season over the COVID. And um, you may not know this, but you're only allowed maybe one support person in the beginning stages, only one support person in the room while you were laboring. Um, she delivered her baby. However, she started hemorrhaging and she died from that. Um, and so not having a voice to say, hey, something, because I believe in the story, they were trying to tell the doctor that something isn't right. And they did not come to her in time because they kind of put her off and she ended up bleeding out. Um, so it's important to have that advocacy, um, but it's, it's like a catch because if you have an advocate, but it's still falling on deaf ears, then, I mean, we can't really survive that. Right, y'all. So now we're about to get into our mama interviews, and we have three wonderful interviews for us to come and chat with. We will be talking with Taiko. Gemma and Carla. Stay tuned. We are here with Taiko. Yes. About the black birthing experience. You look good. Look at her in this yellow. It's bad. <laughs> you are glowing. It's, it's difficult. When people say stuff like that, I'm like, am I glowing or am I just sweating? Because I've been chasing these kids all over the house. Girl. <laughs> I don't know. Not I don't know. Good. 
You sweat good. good on you. My name is Tako. I grew up a little bit north of Boston, but my family's from Ghana. We are, you know, as we would say, you know, American bread, Ghana buttered. So I am 33 years old, 33 and proud. Yes, it's funny we talk about the birthing experience because I very much almost didn't make it to my G this year. All right, this is my prima, <laughs> Carla. <laughs> I don't know, I think we've talked about her plenty of times on the podcast before. So now y'all get to see the beautiful face to the name. Yes, ma'am. But we'll let her introduce herself. Yes. Well, hi, um, my name is Carla. Um, I am from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, now I live in Jersey. Um, I am in my 30s and I have two children. My first is four. He just turned four and my youngest just turned one uh, two months ago. So. Oh, wow. Last month, yes. Gemma, welcome to our podcast. We have been Thank dying you. to have you on the podcast, not even just to share this experience, but so many other experiences because if y'all don't know, this is our homegirl from back in the day when we used to do Freaky Radio. And I recently had a baby, which is the reason why I'm here for this interview today. So. You know, this, this month's theme for Cognac Cupcakes and Conversations is all about finding joy in the midst of anything, sorrow, sadness, pain. So I guess I want to ask a two-part question. Um, how did you, how can you, or how did you find joy as a new mom? And, you know, especially as a, a black mom, and how would you say black moms can protect themselves um, and just prepare themselves for birthing? Um, <clears throat> talk to other moms, um, if you can, you know, I know that like for me, a lot of the moms that I knew, like they had their children years prior to. And then even the ones who like um, my sister-in-law, it was like the joke is we, it's everybody said we had like a, a birthing pact because her first, her daughter is six months older than my, my oldest. And then her second daughter is three months older than mine, my daughter. So it was like her at the same time. And it was like, I would talk to her and be like, you know, how did you feel with this? Like, what did you do? And she was like, you know, I have a really good um, foundation of friends, you know, because my thing is I'm an advocate for therapy. And with my insurance, unfortunately, like the therapists were like, well, we'll only take 20%, 30%, you got to pay the rest. And I'm just like, my God. And sometimes it's hard to speak to people who aren't, who haven't experienced what you experienced, you know? But even still, I say talk to somebody because, you know, they might've read a book. They might know somebody to, to uh, connect you with. Um, one thing that my insurance did, they had like this mock baby shower and I call it a mock baby shower because it was just kind of like they were just giving information on um, therapy groups to go to um, people to connect with if you were having anything with any issues with postpartum so that's what helped me um, so I'm, I'm a big advocate about to, of talking as you can see I could talk a lot but <laughs> um, another thing is um reading everything that when you're going through your pregnancy and you're going to your doctor's office if you don't feel comfortable with something voice it um 
especially with black women, uh, a lot of us, I don't know the percentage off the top of my head, but a lot of us are dying um, during childbirth. And it's something that's now becoming prevalent in, in the news because everything that's going on with Black Lives Matter. But this has been something going on for decades. And it's, it's not, it's, um, childbirth is something that is, is just like bees. It's like, how do bees fly? Their, 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 their bodies are so big, their wings are so small. Childbirth is like, how does the human body, how is it able to, to, to contract this, uh, this human being out? The, the, what we go through is, is, is odd. It's scientifically odd. But if you feel like the person that's supposed to be helping you, which is your doctor, give birth, um, is not hearing your needs. Change doctors. Mm -hmm. Do your research. It's just like if somebody is going for surgery. You are going for. This is a major change, especially if you're getting a C-section. Ask questions. Change doctors. Do something. Do your research. Um, something for me that I tell my my friends who are pregnant is read everything. With my daughter. Um, because I was having a VBAC, I had to sign a lot of paperwork that was saying that, okay, if you have this um, VBAC and you begin to bleed or something begins to, to go wrong, we have to rush you to get a C-section. It's like basically getting all your consent because when you're on the table, they don't have time to get your consent. Right. So it was like, are you willing to get uh, a blood transfusion? Are you, are, you know, if, if something happens, who's your next point of contact? All that stuff. So I got all this paperwork and I'm reading it. Thank God, because and they were just like highlight where the highlighted parts are just signed. So I'm like, okay, well, let me read it. She's like, you don't have to. And I'm just like, no, I'm gonna read it. There was a paper in there for them to, um, what you call it, to time my tooth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wait, what is this? I was like reading it like, am I comprehending this correctly? And I was just like, she was like, what's wrong? And I was like, um, this says to sterilize. I said, I, I, I'm not getting my tubes tied. And she was just like, oh, you're not? And I'm just like, what? what did I do about this? Like, and this wasn't my doctor. This was like my doctor's nurse. So I'm just like, so I had to, I had to go back to the doctor and let her know. I was just like, look, you know, this is what happened and she's like you know of course profusely apologizing but imagine how many women this has happened to you know there's so many conspiracy theories about you know women uh being sterilized women having to get hysterectomies who really didn't have to get them you mm -hmm. know reading know what you're getting into um investigate your your doctors your OBGYN, women mm -hmm. who are not thinking about having babies right now my my first doctor with my son I investigated her like I looked into her rate like what group she was with you know um if you have um fibroids like you want to go to a, a OBGYN group that specializes in that not yeah. just because oh she's around the corner from my job or they're close to my house are you going to go to this doctor because they might not specialize in what you need so you need to do that that is some great advice <laughs> as a black woman you know who has given birth um how do you mentally and emotionally protect yourself now 
post-baby, post so during your post-baby. Oh, post-baby, post baby. that is a real question. Um, I think what I had to learn to do, and it really started with Nyla, because I went into a deep depression with her. I don't know if it was postpartum or if it was just, because she was in the hospital for three months, if it was having a child in an incubator in the hospital for months. Nyla was born at one pound, seven ounces, right? So I don't know if, you know, and then the isolation. You guys remember we, when we went into quarantine, there was a depression that came, like we all experienced that. Yeah, and that's yeah. Have an, and NICU, baby, you come home isolated. You can't go out, you can't go anywhere, and it's just you and the baby. And so, you know, it was just the stress of all that. I had to learn, um, and it was actually one of my coworkers, um, her name's Cecilia, who was like, you are going to experience the baby blues. You're going to be sad. And I'm going to let you know what's going to happen. So I'm going to check on you because I'm not going to hear from you when it happens. It was so important for me to have someone like that. Um, and I had to learn, once she taught me that, I had to apply that to the rest of my kids. Like, let people know, like, hey, y'all, if y'all don't hear from me, it's not because I'm fine. It's because I'm not fine. So that was my way of protecting myself because, you know, there are a lot of us that when we're hurting, we kind of like pull back and go into our corners. So being able to say, I'm at a place now, you know, I'm not doing well, I'm not going to ask you, but I told you the warning signs. So I did have a lot of people who were just like, I haven't heard from you. What's going on? What's going on? And then I would call it, I'm not doing well. But that was my way. Right. And that was how I mentally protected myself. I don't know if I did that, if I didn't do that, how I would have, you know, made it through. Shout out to Cece. She is a real one. She has been on our show before. Yes. We absolutely love her. She yes. is the best. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank yes. you. That's such so a great, much. that's a great tool that you just, that's a great tip that you just gave um, to tell people like, if you don't hear from me, check up on me. You know, that's, that's, I'm going to take that one and mentally compartmentalize that. Yes. And be, and yeah. be insistent with your checkup, right? Like that was one thing that, you know, someone was like, oh, and I, and I had to, in addition, I also had to correct other people. So after I had my second child, someone was like, oh, you know, oh, congratulations on your baby. Sorry. You know, I didn't really reach out to you because I, I knew you probably needed to be alone. And I said, that's the worst thing you could do to a new mother. And I had to tell them like, never leave a new mother alone. Like you hear about people literally mm. drowning their babies in the tub, like don't like whatever you do, because all those mm. hormones yeah. don't leave us alone. So I think that was part of my thing was now that I protect myself, I got to educate other people because there's some people can't, you, who won't be able to verbalize it the same way. And so, yeah, so it was about protecting myself right. and like the community of new moms around me that I don't even know, but aren't other people's ecosystems. So what advice would you give to a new mom on the joy of birth? Oh my gosh. I cry so much. Be prepared <laughs> for the tears <laughs> because I mean, especially as a first time mom, just every moment is just like, oh my gosh, I have a baby. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. she's here. I'm changing her diaper. I'm like, I'm holding her. She's smiling. The smile gets you every time. Every single time. I told you, Toby's <laughs> my medicine. When I'm yeah. day, I just love scrolling on your Instagram. Like, oh. yep. Same here. Same here. <laughs> I think one thing that I would definitely say is that postpartum depression is real and to 
I don't know if you can prepare for it, but just just don't feel bad if it happens. Um, during it was really rough um, the first few weeks because nothing was how I expected it to be. Like you guys didn't get to be in the hospital. My family weren't didn't get to visit me in the hospital. They didn't get to visit me after. No one was there to visit after. Um, people being there to help um, was non-existent or or just being being around. I think it was really rough and really sad. Um, but I think even regardless of the pandemic, I think um, I know a lot of moms um, out there who just, you, you start to get to a point where you just kind of feel like a machine. Like I'm just I'm a I'm a cow and I'm here to to be milked and feed and to feed my baby and it's like it's not it's not that you're not grateful for the experience but it it, it can be rough and uh, rough rough on you mentally um, and so one thing I would definitely say is to de definitely soldier through that know that you're an an awesome mom uh, and that. Um, that, that you're going to do great and keep moving forward keep trying to stay positive through it all um there's going to be rough times but it all it all gets always gets better yeah and just i even though i'm not a mom yet i pray that i can be one day um soon but what i've learned from all of these interviews that we've done with moms um is like having a network you know and i have a network with all of these moms that um especially in Gemma being one of my best friends like and Raquel you know I have the benefit of you guys both being moms before me and so you know I'll be tap 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 <laughs> it's my turn. those were some really great stories I love how we ended it off with um Gemma's story at the end y'all know like we said on on the interview that's our boo that's our bae um <laughs> It's just great to hear um, the different perspectives from um, Black women that are our peers and our loved ones or whatever. And, um, you know, we do have the full interviews. We couldn't play the full interviews for this podcast because this podcast probably would have been like three hours long. So <laughs> um, we do have the full interviews on our YouTube page for you guys to check out. So make sure that you do that. Um, if you want to learn more about each of these four ladies and their stories. But in the meantime, in between time, we are going to get into this week's philanthropy highlight. Get up, get out, and get something. How will you make it if you never even try? You need to get up, get out, and get something. Because you and I got to do for you and I. All right, y'all. So as y'all know, for Joyful July, we are trying to highlight some of our Black-owned bakeries. Yes. So um, last week, we didn't really get a chance to highlight this. So we just kind of posted it on our show. So we're going to pay a special homage to them. And that is Something Sweet by Rika. So if you are in the mood for a sweet treat to bring back the joy back to your week, please check out Something Sweet by Rika. She's also, not only is um, it a Black-owned business, but it is a woman-owned business. So you can um, check her out on her website at somethingsweetbyrika.com. And you can um, check that out on our IG page.
where she is yes, and I'm going to tag into that. So we have something to post this week um, about my cake theory. So yes, if you saw her, she was on our pod last, um, was that last year? Damn, that's crazy. I know. Right? That was last year. Wow. She supplied the cupcakes to um, the dope butter pecan. My, my tongue, you know, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. The cognac-infused butter pecan cupcakes. God. Woo! And she is opening up um, a shop. And so I know for the month of August, she's currently closed. But she will, you know, she's very responsive on Instagram. Make sure that you catch her Instagram page at My Cake Theory, And, you know, we'll be posting it on Sunday. Indeed. And so, yeah. What else we got, Kel? We're about to get into this last call, y'all. Last call for the alcohol. I like to propose a toast. I said toast, motherfucker. Last call. We are a little fan. You want to have to redo that. For some reason, I accidentally click pause. So say okay. Okay. And okay, say okay. All right. Three, two, one. Okay, so we went to our buddy in our head, Charlemagne's page this week again for the last call because he be having them gems, you know? Yes, he sure so, I'm reading from his page today's last call, which is always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Under any circumstance, simply do your best and you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret and that is actually from the four agreements wisdom book by don miguel ruitt yes and i saw that and it spoke to me personally because i was beating myself up all day today and um when it was time to look for a last call i saw that i was like all right universe i see you all right god um because we you know that's once again just trying to reclaim your joy like remember we are in a unique um experience right now we are in a unique time what a time to be alive during covid and life is different right now you know i had a very um you know com deep conversation with one of my friends and she's going through it at her job right now and if she's listening to this i hope that she takes what i just said to heart because there's a lot going on and, you know, we have to be kind to ourselves. We have to be kind to ourselves. And even when those people are being chaotic, you know, like don't, don't allow what they're doing to make you feel like you not doing your job. Cause you damn sure are. Yeah. In regards to my friend, <laughs> so you damn sure are doing your job. So, with that said, that's the end of today's podcast. We hope y'all enjoyed it. We are excited to get ready for this weekend because we about to have a ball, okay? All my ladies get information. Okay? <laughs> we about to get information this week, this weekend. So um, you may see us on the gram. You may not. I don't know. You may see it late. It depends on how tipsy I am. But until next week. Maybe next week's episode, we could talk about it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see if something okay. more important comes up. But if not, we'll report back next week. Till next week, peace out.
We out. It's a vibe.